the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, for the people out there, if there are any, you know, this whole... Oh well, there are both sides to the to the conflict in Israel, right? You have the you have the Israeli side and the Palestinian side. Let's broker some sort of an agreement, right? Because we have two sides there. We have no, 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 no. It's like you know we had to defeat Al Qaeda, right? It wasn't like they had a legitimate claim or they were somehow uh, human beings or anything like that, right? They were just utter savages killing Americans, wanted to wreak havoc all over the world, and that's what we have right now with Hamas. And Gaza, there is no gray area. Anybody who wasn't convinced before must be. There's no choice. If you are a rational person of any sense whatsoever, you can look at those images and see the horror. You can see these Hamas savages grabbing women and children and kidnapping them and bringing them into who knows what kind of situation, opening fire at a concert. Opening fire at women and children at a concert? <laughs> yeah, this is like the, that, remember the thing that happened in Las Vegas? That maniac opened fire at a concert? Well, that guy was a maniac, right? Actually, we don't know the full story there. But that was universally condemned. There's not a human being in the world that that would say is okay. Well, you have, uh, huge parts of the, uh, unfortunately, hate to say it, Arab world out there celebrating all this crap opening fire at a concert, that this is somehow justify you. So, look, uh, you can see it. There is no both sides here, all right? None. And we pray for Israel. I'm going to, um, you know, this is going to be horrible, but Israel will prevail. They always do. They messed with the wrong country again. And um, I just, uh, really heartbreaking stuff. And who could have seen this coming? Who? Who could have had any idea that after giving Iran $6 billion, well, technically that was not the case. It's in a secure bank account. That is shut up. We gave Iran a terror-supporting regime, more than a terror-supporting regime, a terrorist regime, $6 billion six weeks ago. Everybody knows in the world that Iran funds Hamas, these terrorist lunatics, and they are lunatics. Have you seen the footage of these guys when they grab the the women and girls and put them on the back of a pickup truck or uh, a motorcycle or uh, throwing them in the back of a station wagon? Have you seen these guys? I mean, they are totally out of control. They are total animals. And they can't, and they're kind of incompetent at the same time. They're like shooting each other as they celebrate with the, with those AK 47s and, it, they can't seem to organize much of anything. I, they were yelling and screaming at each other as they're loading these women and ch- not because, oh, you're doing the wrong thing. They were like arguing about who's going to drive the truck. <laughs> it's just really, really strange. And it's not like they're wearing uniforms or anything like that. No, it's all, uh, they're all civilians and they've got nothing going on in, um, in Gaza other than hate. Two million people live there. Two million people. I've been to Gaza. And, uh, let me tell you about Gaza. I think I, there are, there are probably about 27 nice people in all of Gaza. 27. Maybe 63. But these are, uh, they all hate Israel. 
and they want Israel gone. They want it blown off the map and Iran assisting every step of the way. Hey, I got to get I got to get you this video. You know, Trump said it out loud. There will be death and destruction all over the world because of this six billion dollar swap for five hostages. We want to get our Americans home. And oh, by the way, Americans have died uh, in this onslaught. Americans have died. And Americans, I think some of them are being held captive right now. You wouldn't know that, though, by listening to our our government. You know, Joe Biden, where the hell was he? You know where he was yesterday? At a barbecue. At a barbecue. You might have might have seen him come out on Saturday. We will stand with Israel. End of story. Israel, we have your back. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it, coming from Joe Biden? It does, right? And for the fake news well, that will kind of wash away all of the nonsense we engaged in under Obama, Biden, and now Biden, the giveaways, sticking it to Israel, giving everything, uh, setting up Iran, going back into that dopey Iran nuclear deal. You ever look at that thing? I mean, right? it's the most gullible document in the world, right? It's so gullible. Anybody could see. Wait a second. Iran. Okay. Let me, let me think back to when I was in fourth grade. They're the ones who took our guys hostages. Remember that? Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter was president and they got released after Ronald Reagan became, but they had 444 of our guys for I think 444 days. They haven't reformed since then. They haven't become better or more enlightened. It is still an Islamo fascist lunatic state. All right. It's a theocracy. Radical clerics are still in charge over there. And uh, they want death to America, death to Israel. They say it out loud. And I I hope this puts in perspective uh, for, like, any Democrat, for Jerry Nadler, for Chuck Schumer. <laughs> is, is Joe Biden a rational guy? No. I mean, there's no convincing him. But for about two years now, longer, three, three and a half, four years, what was the existential threat to American democracy? Uh, white supremacy, January 6th, MAGA, MAGA. He said it the other day. MAGA is an existential threat to American democracy. No, <laughs> stop. This is so clarifying. All right. You guys can't even say that BS anymore. The existential threat to American dis- democracy is Islamofascism, terrorism, uh, the open border. You can scream white supremacy to your blue in the face. Now we see what it's like. Now we see what's going down. A reminder. We haven't had a clear-cut reminder of just how bad these people are in a long time. And look at this. Look at this. Um, I was thinking about this. Uh, one of the January 6th cops, uh, she was saying, like, yes, on January 6th, I was pushed, and I hit my head. And I had worked so hard at the Capitol, and I worked on hot days in the blistering heat, and I worked on cold days when freezing and to think that I had to break up a riot. Oh, my God. And everybody's like, yes, oh, how could you possibly have dealt with this? Think of the resources. Think of the bandwidth that has been taken up by all of this this charade, all in an effort to get Trump, taking our eye off the ball. Where the hell? We have the Central Intelligence Agency. We have the Defense Intelligence Agency. We have the National Security Agency. We got about 75 intelligence agencies. And we couldn't figure out a way to give a heads up. We didn't see that they were amassing all of these rockets. Hamas. Hamas is not a big place. 
It's half the size of Nassau County. Hamas is tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny. And we know they hate Israel. We know that they want to. We know they just got an infusion of all kinds of money. Don't we have um, satellites? Right? Don't we have a lot of satellites? Yeah, we do, actually. Don't we have, uh, what do you call that, uh, human intel, human, that's a uh, code for spies, right? Don't we have all that stuff? Um, well, we don't have anybody looking at it, perhaps, evaluating, still bending over backwards, trying to cook the books, pretending that white supremacy is somehow the existential threat. Uh, cook the books, trying to, uh, oh, we, we have a, we have a more diverse workforce in the intelligence community. Dudes, just tell us what's going to happen and prevent it from happening. We have that. I mean, it's supposed to be one of the benefits of having a deep state, right? Having all this stuff that's not in the Constitution, right? Isn't it supposed to? So what good is it? What good is it? You know, Tony Blinken was on. My God, this guy must be fired immediately. He must resign the whole the whole crew that brought us the loss in afghanistan they're still calling the shots you think this would have happened under trump no bloody way no bloody way we wouldn't have given 6 billion dollar 6 billion dollar giveaway to iran uh we would not have allowed uh putin to go into ukraine 62% of americans understand that if joe biden uh, we're not in office and Donald Trump were that invasion would not have happened if we had not gotten out of Afghanistan in the most catastrophic way imaginable. It was a signal to the world that we are weak, that we are feckless and do what you want. Well, they're doing what they want. I've heard some Democrats out there saying, well, well, at this time, it's really important that the House of Representatives have a speaker. We this is what brought. <laughs> yeah. Kevin McCarthy taking a couple of days off, uh, the, the Matt Gates squabble. That led to this. It's been in the works for a while, folks. Yeah, blinking, 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 blinking. Tony, Tony. You know, I, I expect a kick-ass kind of message right now. But remember, they're responsible for this. They're responsible. Let me see here. Uh, cut 14, please. This is a guy named Tony, Tony, who's the Secretary of State, believe it or not. Cut 14. Well, first, put this in perspective, and you've heard this from your correspondents as well. This is the worst attack on Israel since the Yom Kippur War in 1973. Almost hey, stop exactly- for a second. The question was, why did our intelligence miss this, right? Why, you know, we've, got, we've got this global network of technology and people, spies, and we could not give Israel a heads up. Hey, you know why Israel didn't catch this? In part, Bibi, I like Bibi, Bibi Netanyahu. That guy is a warrior, and they have saddled him with all kinds of trumped-up crap that he has to deal with. He's dealing with his own January 6th stuff, right? Domestic, uh, phony domestic issues that they're trying to use to drive him out or whatever. He's been putting up with the trivial stuff that distracts. There are only so many hours in the day. So, again, uh, Secretary Blinken, uh, why did intelligence fail like this? And he just goes to say what we all know. Cut 14. Exactly 50 years ago. But there's also a big difference. That was a state-on-state conflict, army against army with uh, clear front lines. Uh, this is a massive terrorist attack targeting Israeli civilians, uh-huh. gunning we people know. down in the streets of their towns, gunning them down in their homes, dragging Israelis, men, women, and children across the border with Gaza. Um, 
a Holocaust survivor in a wheelchair, women and children all being taken hostage. Well, we know that. And you guys let it happen. You guys let it happen. And why didn't we stop it? How the hell can we have all of these agencies? You know, the, the, the State Department has their own intelligence agency. And they have their own Office of Palestinian Affairs. You know what they said first? Oh, everybody should calm down and not do anything. Not do anything, not defend Israel. Cut 15. There will be plenty of time uh, to figure out uh, whether the intelligence uh, should have done something different to see this coming. Right now, the entire focus is on supporting Israel, making sure that it has what it needs, as President Biden pledged to Prime Minister Netanyahu when they spoke yesterday. Uh, The time is now, because (laughs) we can't rely on the intelligence community. You know who figured this out very early on? My father, Ray Kelly. Yep. Uh, After 9-11, we're going to sit around and let the federal government uh, fail us again. We're just going to wait for it to happen. Deployed uh, detectives all over the world to work with more professional intelligence agencies to find out what's happening to stop it before it comes here. Um, they should be immediate. This is a this is an international crisis scandal in addition to what's happening over there. But the fact that intelligence could not pick up on this basic, basic, basic thing. You can figure this stuff out. Hey, we knew all about Ukraine. Right. Remember, we knew all about Putin. Putin wanted to go into Ukraine. We didn't do anything about it. We basically gave him a green light and we gave Hamas a green light. We gave Iran a green light. Shame on the Biden administration. First and foremost, Hamas, they're animals. We expect nothing from animals right now. We expect them to die, to be to die and to soon be extinct. I look forward to that. God bless Israel. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, just a little while ago, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is um, he announced that he's not running as a Democrat for president anymore. He's running as an independent. I'm running as an independent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, how does he talk again? There are people out there who can do great RFK. And by the way, it doesn't matter. I mean, look, we can poke fun a little bit, but it's fine. I don't... Uh, I thought his voice was going to be a much bigger deal, um, but it hasn't been a factor at all. And I think that's good. Uh, it took me a while to get over it back in the day. But as soon as he started talking big about big ideas, I thought the ideas, Trump, you know, the voice, the voice issue. What does he have again? Uh, spasmatic dysphonia, something like that. It's just a problem with the vocal cords. Everything else is fine. So the only concern is uh, he's not going to hurt Trump, is he, in a general? Is he? Now, the polling data, I'm told, suggests that obviously he's a big time, he's a big time liberal and he, it's a problem for, uh, for Joe Biden with this guy in the race. So goodness gracious, RFK Jr., watch your back, huh? Watch your back. Yikes. Yikes. How many people in his family have been shot and killed? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Running for president. Well, I hope his security is great. We don't want anything to happen to him. Um, my father was shot, uncle was shot, um, but I do like the guy on his uh, vaccine stuff. And also he's very opposed to the deep state and all right, as long as he doesn't draw any support from Trump, I'm okay with him. Otherwise we got to, uh, well, we may have to run against him too, uh, because he does have some other wacko ideas that, that we don't like. And 
Hey, Netanyahu will be speaking in just a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. He's been like, hasn't he been prime minister like five times? <laughs> like he, he's there for a little while, then he leaves. He's there for a little while, gets indicted, leaves, comes back. Uh, they have a lot of turnover uh, over there. And, you know, the intelligence thing, they're looking over there. Are they, I'm, I'm curious, is it going to be rally around BB or are they going to try to get rid of him? People think both things over here. I think they rally around him. And I think they start to feel a little bit of shame that they busted his chops so bad about whatever he wanted to do to the judicial system. He wanted to make a small change, and there was um, there was pandemonium in the streets. What you're noticing, I've noticed it. You know, you see how anti-Israel so much of the media are in this country, even at Fox News. You know that Jennifer Griffin, who is a total spokes wannabe model. Uh, for all things Democrat and Joe Biden, and, and incredibly arrogant, just such a chip on her shoulder about everything. And she said that there's no evidence whatsoever that Iran had anything to do with this and that $6 billion was, like, totally safe under lock and key, and there's no way. You know, money, um, if I got an infusion, let's say I found out that I have $6 billion or $6 million or $600,000 coming to me, in two months or six months, that's going to affect my spending habits right now. I'm going to start planning accordingly. I'm going to I'm going to spend some money if I know I've got a great big nest egg coming my way in a little while, right? Anybody would, and that's what happened with Iran. So if it's not this money that the Biden administration coughed up to get those five hostages, and we want the hostages back, but you don't have to, if you spend money, there will be more hostages. Trump knew how to do this. Um... Yeah, Trump knew how to do this. Even Reagan paid for the hostages and incentivized more hostage taking. Remember that? Iran Contra? Yeah. I like Reagan, but he did make some well mistakes. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They are ready to reclaim their freedom at hotels and malls on the street, and they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They are ready. They are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence, and and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. Let the man speak. I want to hear the rest. That's it? All right. Woo! Well, um, all right. lot to like there. Uh, he is crazy liberal on a lot of other issues, so uh, got to keep that in mind. But a lot to like there uh, on the vaccine, on the deep state. Uh, I, ain't gonna, like, I haven't really thought about him in a while. So he was going nowhere on the Democrat side. It was complicating Joe Biden's life. Uh, and just about every time there is a, a potent um, a, a challenger, uh, the incumbent loses. You know, Jimmy Carter was opposed by – who the hell was he opposed by? Ted Kennedy. Uh, Jimmy Carter went on to lose. Uh, Lyndon Johnson, before he got out, was opposed by uh, everybody. <laughs> RFK, uh, some guy named McCarthy, uh, a bunch of others. So there's a history of this, and maybe, hmm, maybe do they get him to, uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to be joined by uh, uh, John McLaughlin in a little bit. This guy's a total and complete expert, and he'll take us through the numbers and, and what they mean. Hey, Friday night, it was uh, kind of lost because, uh, well, it was Friday night, and people aren't paying attention, and the appeals court in New York State actually listened and agreed to Donald Trump, and they stayed uh, a big chunk of that crazy judge's order. Um, this is great stuff. Now, uh, Judge Engeron, you know this thing. We saw the trial underway last week. Feels like a million years ago, doesn't it? Donald Trump in the courtroom uh, three days in a row. Well, uh, they had an appeal that they filed, kind of an emergency appeal, because the judge had already ordered that Donald Trump's business licenses be suspended, that he essentially could not do business in New York State. And this was about this was going to go into effect in like five days. Well, uh, judge comes in and says, uh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, we have to hear more about this. This sounds uh, crazy to us. So it's been stayed until at least mid-November. Uh, the, the appellate court, they want to hear more information. Now, I am told that this, uh, I got it right here in my hand. Let's see. This is what the Trump people said. They said, uh, the decision is unauthorized, undemanded, overbroad relief without proper factual or legal pre- predicate which will result in significant irreparable harm uh, to uh, basically to Trump. Now, let's see here. In addition to non-parties, inter alia, I don't know, all kinds of Latin stuff. Uh, defendants' application for an interim stay of enforcement of Supreme Court decisions dated September 26th and October 23 is granted. It is granted. Now, I've heard other people say, oh, but, but, but there's this, there's that. The trial actually is allowed to go on, and it's only interim, and it only means until, well, this is actually a big deal. Um, the legal community, they, 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 they kind of camouflage these things. But when this happens to a judge, it's a major, major rebuke. I remember Judge Shinlin. Anybody remember that um, woman? She was in charge, uh, and she wanted to be in charge. She had the case steered toward her, the stop-and-frisk case. I think it was Floyd versus Giuliani or Floyd versus New York. Stop-and-frisk, trying to say that stop-and-frisk was unconstitutional, right? And you may have heard, you may remember that the plaintiffs won that case, right? The judge said that uh, stop-and-frisk was like, imp- like, like, was like, it was weird, stylistically unconstitutional. And you always hear about people, well, we're going to appeal. And then you never hear from it again. And then the guy goes to jail. We are going to appeal to the Supreme Court. And you never actually hear what happens next. So my dad and Bloomberg, after Judge Shinlin came out with that, they went out and they ripped the hell out of her. They laid into her so bad. The decision was totally flawed. There's absolutely no way this is going to stand. And we are going to appeal. I believe... That that decision came down uh, in August, and the appeal, the stay of Judge Shinlin came down on Halloween, Halloween 2013. And it was like a – this just – you read – but lawyers who can read, they told me, and you can see, they smacked her around so bad. It was – they removed her from the case. And uh, But the fake news, they don't understand that. They don't understand that. They'll ignore it. They don't think – and they to, the, to this day, they say uh, stop and frisk was ruled unconstitutional. I saw Lester Holt do it in a 2016 uh, debate. Oh, that was ruled unconstitutional. Actually, no, it wasn't. An appeals court jumped in and stayed the entire thing. That's a big freaking deal. But the fake news is so limited 
and just kind of moving along in the direction they're told to move along in the safe direction, the, the one that everybody else is going in, just keep going, bring the country totally left, totally left, oppose right wing, anything right wing, right wing. What is right wing? What is right wing? That's so pejorative, isn't it? It's believing in the Constitution, right wing. Is believing in a strong southern border, right wing, voter ID, is that right wing? It's common sense, total common sense. Hey, did you know like most advanced civilized countries uh, have voter ID? All of Europe. All of Europe. It makes total sense. It <laughs> Anyway, uh, so congratulations to the Trump team. Uh, this is a big deal, and nobody is actually covering it, but they're winning. They are winning, and there's more where that came from. Uh, it's something else I got to get back to. Remember, Judge, um, uh, no, what's his name? General Milley, General Mark Milley. He's now an ex-general, but he's still floating around out there, and he's going to write a book, and it's going to slam Trump. The other day, uh, Trump truth that you know, back in the old days, you know, somebody like Milley could be. Uh, tried and, and and executed if he was doing the stuff that he was doing today, right? Back in the old days, right? We were different. A hundred years ago, 150 years ago, you know, the guy who shot McKinley, uh, was it? Yeah, President McKinley, he was, uh, <laughs> the death penalty was applied to him like six weeks later. We had a different style of justice. When you have a general going out there and boasting to reporters that he called our enemy to say, don't worry about anything, we're not going to mess with you. Uh, that arguably is treasonous behavior. And what is the penalty for treason, right? The death penalty. So often it is. Not always, but often. And he said back in the, back in the day, Millie has done so much damage, right? And he was tripping up Trump every step of the way. Look at all the fake news. I don't know why the hell they brought it up to, uh, who do they bring it up to? Uh, Nikki Haley, actually. Uh, listen to this. Cut 22, please. Cut 22. Ambassador Haley, I want to turn to former President Trump's comments recently suggesting that outgoing Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley should be executed for treason. Do you believe those comments in and of themselves mark a threat to the United States national security? Are they disqualifying? I just think it's irresponsible. I mean, you don't need to say things like that. I think that any man or woman that has served our country deserves the highest respect. My husband is a combat veteran. He is deployed right now. They sacrifice a lot. Their families sacrifice a lot. And we should honor them every chance that we get. You know, not necessarily, actually. And certainly not a guy named Millie. And the interviewer totally mischaracterized what he said. He not suggesting now, he suggested, you know, 150 years ago, things were different. Things were very different. 150 years ago, you had the vice president of the United States and uh, the secretary of the Treasury. They had a duel right across the river from where I'm sitting right now in Weehawken, New Jersey. They had some sort of dispute about government and a couple of other things, uh, personal stuff. So they challenged uh, one of the guys challenged the other one to a duel and they had a duel. And Aaron Burr shot and killed Alexander Hamilton. You can go look at it. It's a Broadway show about it. That's the way things were done back then. Not talking about today. And what Nikki Haley said, I know that sounds great. That really sounds wonderful. Like, you know, we have to honor. What did she say? Every chance we get, we have to honor those who serve or served in military uniform, right? Why? 
Think about that for a second. Why do we have to do that? You have to remember that this is service. We don't work for them. That is a military dictatorship. What more and more people are seemingly okay with. And just because Millie wears a uniform doesn't mean he's a good guy. Who remembers Eastern Airlines? Remember, it's they've been out of business for like 40 years at least. But I remember Eastern Airlines, and they had this great commercial, actually a series of commercials, featuring uh, the head of the company, Frank Borman. He was the chairman of Eastern Airlines. And Frank Borman actually was an astronaut. He was an astronaut. He went around the, uh, the moon, Apollo 8. That was an amazing, uh, and he was household name famous, but he had this slogan, at Eastern, we earn our wings every day. Doesn't matter what you did the day before. What are you doing today? Doesn't matter that Mark Milley might have been a good guy in uh, the Gulf War, Gulf War One. Doesn't matter. What do they do today or yesterday, right? So remember that about the military. I am so sick of civilians who didn't serve, who are sucking up in the military in, uh, to the military to compensate for the fact that they didn't serve. That look, it's okay to have not have served in the military. Time and time again, presidents are making bad decisions because somehow they feel, well, I didn't serve, so how do I, you know, how do I, how do I, you know, an important exception, but he did it in the total wrong way, uh, Joe Biden, because he thinks he's smarter than everybody. Yes, there is a time to overrule the military, a lot. But Joe being Joe, uh, and that Bo had served in the military, he thought he knew the best. He, he was, you know, he just, nobody in uniform could tell him a thing. And then nobody could tell him a thing. And, well, you see the results there. So it, it's a bit of a balance, right? You know, respect, of course, yeah, a bit. You know, you gotta respect everybody. You gotta respect strangers on the sidewalk. Uh, but it's a little bit over the top with some members of the military. And generals use this as a weapon, as a, as a, as a device to enhance their power and manipulate people, young people, like <laughs> Barack Obama. All right. Tony Blinken was the guy who arranged that letter, that letter that said the the laptop was Russia disinformation. Hey, come on. Serious question. How much did Iran have to do with this, Tony? Cut 19. Did Iran play a role in this attack, Mr. Secretary? What has the administration assessed in that regard? So, Kristen, Iran and Hamas have a long relationship. Hamas wouldn't be Hamas without the support it's had from for many years from Iran. In this moment, we don't have um, anything that uh, shows us that Iran was directly involved in this attack and in planning it or in carrying out, but that's something we're looking at very carefully. And we've got to see where the facts lead. But we do know uh, that Iran's had a long relationship with Hamas, long support. It's one of the reasons that we have been uh, aggressively working to counter Iran, including sanctioning more than 400 Iranians, more than 400 uh, and, and companies, uh, precisely for the uh, things like the support it's provided no, to Hamas. No, that's not cutting. Hold on. Oh, sorry, sorry. Man. That's totally inadequate. And you can tell it's inadequate. You can just tell that doesn't. that's not going to cut it, Tony. We have no direct evidence. Well, the Wall Street Journal has a lot of direct evidence. <laughs> they have a smoking gun proof that Iran uh, gave the green light, handled this coordination, logistics. Where do you get? Th- where did you get five thousand rockets? <laughs> where did they come from? Do they have a rocket factory in in Gaza? No. 
They got some things. There are some things that they'll make with broken down parts, like these crazy uh, paragliders. Hey, listen to this. Want to hear hear the 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 slogan "Sound of Freedom"? Well, Sounds something like this. Not bad, Israel. Uh, Israeli gunships taking out uh, Hamas targets. I like it. I like it a lot. These guys, uh, they're good. They're some of the greatest pilots in the world. Hey, it's wonderful, by the way, that Israel has a mandatory military service. Now, you can never bring that back to America, unfortunately. You know, but one of the things you have in Israel, you have a country. You know, you have common values. You have a, you know, and and in a good way, it's kind of us against the world. Yeah, they've got allies, not too many of them, but they have allies, and it's okay to have allies. But they have a country, a core, a culture. We don't have that right now. Everything's up for debate. Everything is upside down and backwards, and everything is uh, transgender this and LGBT queer that. Uh, they are about to take our, I was going to say lunch money. They're going to take our homeland if we keep this up. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, we are back, and um, all right. There's other stuff going on. We haven't taken any calls. We should. Uh, let's go to uh, Steve in Brooklyn. Yes. Yeah, um, you're so on target with so many things. I'm over brimming over um, about Israel. I had a call to some friends there earlier this morning. And though Americans don't seem to be floating this, it surprises me. There's alternative theories as to why they had such ease attacking. And it may be that there have been, um, it, it meets all the points, some Benedict Arnolds in Israel. It's that simple. There may have been people who, um, within the government, whose politics was more radical than they, they, than they cared about their fellow Israelis. Uh, there have always been traitors in every nation, in every group. Uh, why is it so hard for us to process the potential that maybe some government members or members of the Israel Defense Force open the doors to the Trojan horse? Well, every army in the world has, uh, you know, has spies in its ranks. And uh, but look, I'm not saying that this this entire effort did not happen because no, I, I don't think it's a conspiracy or whatever. I think they had their guard down. I think. You know, who knows? But I mean, I I think I think Israel, uh, they're um, they were unfairly targeted. And, uh, you know, yeah, there are traitors in every every organization in the world. Absolutely. And uh, including the IDF, including the U.S. Army. Um, maybe someday we'll know more. But, um, hey, you know, we spy on the Israeli army. You know that. Right. Remember Jonathan Pollard? Pollard? Sure. Uh, wait, he was spying on us for Israel. That's right. No. Something along those lines. He just got out of jail, too. Steve, thank you. Uh, Deborah, hello. Hi, Deborah. Yes. Hi. <clears throat> hi, Greg. Um, do you find that emergency uh, test alert that we had Wednesday a little bit of a uh, dink? I do. I thought it was weird. I don't like the federal government reaching into my phone like that. Um, does it have anything to do with uh, what's going on in uh, Israel? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> you just have not ruling anything out. I mean, no. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't tie it together. How would you tie it together? 
I think that we somehow, in some intelligence, we knew something was brewing on some level, and it was just a test in case something went wrong, and we didn't have uh, everything, uh, you know, our intelligence, you know, all the information. I don't know. I, do. you, I mean, I, I mean, I found it. A- you found it cool. Yeah, you found it weird. Well, I find it weird every time they do it. It's not the first time they've done that, by the way. The national system. I think that's a state and local thing. I don't like the feds doing that. Does that any tie into uh, what happened over there? I don't think so, but uh, you never know these days. Thank you very much. Adam in Mineola, hello. How you doing today, sir? Good. Um, are you familiar with the Old Testament? Yes. Because you see how every time Israel did something back in the days, they angered God, and then God let stuff happen to them. I'm figuring that this is one of them episodes, man. How do you feel about that? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the God's in charge of everything, and uh, Israel is the holy land and the promised land. And uh, the way I kind of remember the Old Testament, it was uh, the Egyptians who were uh, hassling Israel. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm a bit more familiar with the with the New Testament, um, but uh, you know, the evangelical Christian community supports probably the biggest backers in the world of Israel, and there's a million reasons. So, uh, Adam, I don't uh, no, I think um, nope, I think they are on the right side of history. Israel, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we have good versus evil right now. Good versus evil. And God, of course, is good. So, Adam, uh, no, I would say no. Hey, um, thank you, though. Let's do one more while we have time. Stan in Highland Park. Hello, Stan. Oh, hi, Greg. Thanks a lot for taking the call. Your call screener is excellent, by the way. What's well, so anyway, good about but- him? I mean, all he does is put through basically everybody who calls. What's so good about him? All right, listen. You no, I'm serious. Point. What is the deal with him? I mean, what's so special about our call screener? He's wonderful. I, 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 I tell him every day, you know, you put too many kooks through. i got to hang up on them. I mean, what is it that you like about him? Did you guys have a moment? No. Can I get to my point? I, uh, I'm i not so sure about that. I want to know, Rich, what did you talk about with this guy ahead of time? All right, never mind. I'll get to that later. Stan, what is your point? Okay, thank you. You mentioned about how just because somebody wears a military uniform, they don't necessarily have to get respect forever. I'd like to agree with you and point out a guy by the name of Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold, you're right. He wore our nation's uniform before he stabbed us all in the back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, that's me. Yes, everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, seriously, when you see these, uh, when you see these rockets flying and you see the footage that they're uh, supplying us from overseas, do you really know what you're looking at? I mean, it gets confusing. And then the, the producers, the TV producers, they put it all in one big, like, file. And then it's just wall-to-wall kind of uh, stuff, and you don't know what you're looking at. It's important to kind of have an idea what's real and what's not and w- what rockets are coming from where. And I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at some. There, It's great when they have live pictures up. And, oh, by the way, Gaza is being pounded right now, just like it needs to be, big time. I don't want to see any women and children hurt. But uh, 95% of the uh, Gaza situation is 
virulently and bloodthirsty for Israel blood, and uh, they want to they want to kill Israel. And so many of these militant fighters, uh, you got to hit back. You got to hit back really, really hard. It's a little bit tricky because there are a lot of hostages over there, including some Americans, we believe. Americans have died. It looks like there could be as many as 200, 200 Israelis over there primarily and a couple of Americans, and they put them down in these tunnels. So you got to factor that into the equation. We want to we want to save those people somehow. Now, what's about to happen, everybody seems to uh, understand here, is a ground invasion of Gaza, a full-on ground invasion, which is going to be tough. It's going to be, you know, urban warfare is never easy. Uh, who remembers or seen movies at least about Hue, Hue City in Vietnam? Um, where are some other, you know, Fallujah, uh, Baghdad? Hey, I was in Baghdad. Yeah, it's not pretty. It's... uh and there's a lot of places for cover and concealment and guerrilla warfare. It's tough. Uh, and it looks like they have booby-trapped. They probably put booby-traps and all kinds of things anticipating this. How does a backwards uh, junkyard of a territory like Gaza get all of these rockets? Hmm? Iran via boat. Most likely via boat because uh, it's basically like a demilitarized zone. All right, they have it. They had to cut through the fence to do this stuff. To go to, hey, how about that, Hamas? What is the first thing they, they do? They go to a concert where there are basically children, children, you know, teenagers, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and they take the women prisoner and bring them back. And these guys are not professionals. You know what they're for? I mean, think about you know, it's just rape, unthinkably is a tool of warfare going back centuries. Um, civilized countries don't engage in that, right? But Hamas, it's not a country. It's a, it's a crazy ideology funded by Iran. So uh, I'm looking at live pictures. But the other stuff, you got to kind of be able to distinguish what you're looking at. And uh, a lot of people see... What is the Iron Dome in effect? And they don't quite know what they're looking at. You see those, you see lights streaking in the air, and then you see a flash, like a round flash of light. Easiest to see at night. You're seeing the Iron Dome at work. The Iron Dome is a is missile system, American made, um, and it can detect missiles launched within about 50 miles. It detects the missile, and then it feeds it to a computer, and they try to figure out where is that missile going. And if it's going to a populated area, it fires a missile that can actually intercept it and it just destroys the incoming missile. Imagine a bullet. You fire a bullet to take out another bullet. It's pretty amazing. And they have um, um, these batteries all over the place. Which, oh, by the way, they've been uh, – good thing they didn't give any to Ukraine. They've been under pressure to share this stuff with Ukraine. You know, the left is totally on board with Ukraine. All Ukraine all the time. But Israel, ooh, Take a look at the uh, the squad, AOC, Tlaib, Elon Omar, uh, very weirdly uh, quiet about all of this because they are, I mean, there's so much anti-Semitism in the, in the Democrat Party. What has Hakeem Jeffries said so far? I'm curious. I have not checked. I checked AOC over the weekend. I noticed she kept her mouth shut. You know, in Twitter, well, what difference does it make what you say on Twitter? Well, that is the forum. That's the forum that politicians use. When there's something to be said, you say it on Twitter. You say something. She went about a day and a half without saying anything. And what about Hakeem? 
whose uh, whose uncle, and granted it's his uncle, it's not Hakeem, is a crazy, racist, anti-Semite. I wonder what Hakeem had to say. This is a real moment. I'm sure he said the appropriate things. Did he mean it? Did he mean it with all of his heart and soul, I wonder? Or is he just railing about how, oh, there's no speaker right now? There's no speaker of the House of Representatives. Um, you know, Israel is the size of New Jersey. <laughs> it's the size of New Jersey. It's tiny. It's a little tiny place. And, and Gaza, Gaza is like the size of, uh, it's a little bit bigger than Washington, D.C. It's a city, essentially. Couple of things to make clear. The war has been horrific for Israel. Proportionate to the U.S., it's as if the United States were to lose 30,000 citizens on one day uh, of an attack. There are more than 700, actually, there are well over a 1,000, more than 100, nearly 200 hostages. U.S. citizens have been killed, now held hostage. We are, America is directly involved here. No uh, war Israel has lived through has seen such losses in the opening two days. There is a real danger of this war escalating. The initial attacks were almost all sourced to Gaza in the southern part of Israel. Over 5,000 rockets were fired and paramilitary groups struck in well-planned and coordinated attacks. But the real danger is Hezbollah and their missiles and groups operating in Lebanon and Syria. It is believed that while Netanyahu was out of power, the Iranians pre-positioned tens of thousands of missiles, many sophisticated, in Lebanon and Syria. Iran did this to have leverage over Israel if it attacked its nuclear facilities. Netanyahu, since coming back to power last year, has been grappling with taking out these missiles. Many are hidden or in civilian areas without triggering a wide-scale attack on Israel. The Israeli Air Force has been striking these targets for months in Syria and Lebanon. This is a catastrophic intelligence failure. A really smart guy kind of puts some of these uh, some of these thoughts. It's on background, so I'll, 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 I may have them on later if we get permission. But don't forget this: a catastrophic intelligence failure. Israel has long prided itself on having the best intelligence of any country in the region and perhaps the world. How? Key question here: How were militants in Gaza able to prepare, train? organize not only armed forces, but move and prepare 5,000 missiles to attack Israel. Insiders say Netanyahu will share in some of the blame, but he will say the Mossad and Shin Bet, that's uh, military intelligence, reported to him no serious or immediate threats. Expect firings of top intel and military chiefs. You know, that's what we should have done after Afghanistan. (laughs) And you, you got to do it as a deterrent uh, to, to keep people in line. Everybody's checked out. Ultimately, Netanyahu will be judged by his response, just as FDR was after Pearl Harbor and George Bush after 9-11. Iran clearly has been the financier and mastermind behind the attacks. But why attack now? First, the Biden administration is extremely weak. Second, Israel has been divided by leftists angry with judicial reforms. Third, Saudi Arabia and Israel were on the verge in announcing a peace deal in the next month or so. Saudi Arabia needs to appear to defend the Palestinians and even blamed Israel for the hostilities after they started. Iran and others wanted to stop or impede the peace deal, and this war may just do that. Fourth, Iran is close to Russia. This war helps Russia as it undermines the U.S. and Israel 
both helping Ukraine. It creates chaos in the West while distracting many from the war in Ukraine. Fifth, Iran may be very close to acquiring a nuclear weapon. By striking Israel first, Iran focuses attention on the Palestinians and away from their nuclear program and the other military developments. Six, everyone is expecting a massive Israeli response. Iran and others may hope such Israeli retaliation will help unite Arabs against Israel and perhaps spur a second Arab Spring. The shocking and surprise attack on Israel raises many questions about U.S. security. Is America prepared for another 9-11? Will American citizens and installations come under attack soon in the U.S. and around the world? Why in God's name has Biden allowed the U.S. border to essentially be open to anybody, including terrorists? We already have evidence many from terror watch lists have been coming across the Mexican border. Are we prepared for multiple hotspots happening at once? Will North Korea, Taiwan, China, Ukraine, NATO, or another place become red host with a breakout of war, a red hotspot? The American left is anti-Semitic and anti-Israel. Remember that. They are already supporting Palestinians and Hamas after the attacks. The squad members are issuing highly qualified statements about the war. AOC even criticized Israel for its repression and occupation. Gives you a sense of uh, some of the bigger points, the larger points that are happening. How is the media doing? Uh, CNN already, yeah, just like this guy. I mean, not only the left, the left, what is the left? Media sucking up. Anti-Israel at any at any turn. So when I was in Gaza a long time ago, when was that? 2003. Uh, what a chaotic backwards place. What a chaotic, weird place. And it hasn't gotten any better. I was fascinated at the time. And I'm going to have the military people we'll be talking to uh, soon. Like, why is it this very small, half the size of Nassau County? Why haven't we have been able to kind of rid it of terrorists for a long time now? I don't understand how this has perpetually been the sort. We know where they are. We know exactly where they are. We know where the money is coming from. Hey, also, not on my little uh, list there, Israel will probably attack Iran, attack Iran, just like they did, I think it was Iraq. Remember back in the day, they took out a bunch of missile sites in Iraq. It was a huge, amazing operation. Nobody remembers now, but Israeli F-16s flew all the way to Iraq and took out uh, nuclear uh, facilities. I looked at that nuclear deal. It's like John Kerry wrote the damn thing. Uh, and John Kerry, you know, he doesn't know how to negotiate. He goes in there and says, oh, uh, I can't leave here without a deal. I can't leave here without uh, a deal. So anything the Iranians uh, put down, he would have to agree to. And there were a million ways to cheat on that uh, Iranian deal. And it's the, the first line right there says, we, the Islamic public of Iran, promise to never develop a nuclear weapon and will only use nuclear power um, for peaceful means. Well, why is the Green New Deal being pushed on everybody except Iran, right? <laughs> why don't we just, why don't we, you guys can't develop nuclear power anyway, right? I mean, isn't the future all green and renewable? It's not nuclear, although nuclear is perfectly fine and safe. Um, why is that? Why do we let them screw around with this stuff?
Ah, all right. We got to fire some people. We got to uh, send our F-16s over there. You know, enough with the F-16s to Ukraine. I mean, we've done what we can. We've done what we can. And we don't have nearly the alliance with Ukraine that we have with Israel, that we should have with Israel. You got to look at the pictures of Obama. Obama with Bibi. Uh, Obama hated Bibi. Obama, I believe, deep down, is anti-Semitic, is anti-Israel. Not so deep down, you could kind of see it at times, like blatantly. Hey, I saw on MSNBC today this guy from the uh, Anti-Defamation League, who I don't always agree with. You know, he doesn't like Trump, and there's a lot of stuff that he talks about. But, man, he was fantastic, and the passion he has for Israel and what must happen now. So he was going on and on and on, and some of these uh, hosts were gently trying to give him a hard time. He put them right back in their place. And as the host says, oh, well, thank you very much for coming. Hey, Reverend Al, do me a favor. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back. Reverend Al Sharpton. Reverend Al Sharpton. Uh, one of the grossest anti-Semites. One of the grossest people in the world. Has a talk show on MSNBC. We know him. But you know what? That's not like some embarrassing thing of the past. That's why he's there. You get it? Because they're that's how they think, too. They're anti-Semitic. They're anti-Israel. In addition, and it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why they must stop Trump. It's not going to work. Not going to let him win. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, Let me see here. Okay. Yeah, Hakeem said the right thing. But have has he done the right thing? It's very easy to say the right thing. And when somebody says the right thing, I look right to their record. Like like um like Biden. Yeah, he said he said something that sounded good. We back Israel full stop, but what have you done that led to this moment? It's almost like you were complicit, quite frankly, with Iran. Not actually, but almost. So there are some important voices weighing in, and some we like and respect because they have proven themselves time and time again. And one of them is Mark Levin, the great one. His book, more relevant now than ever before, more timely, The Democrat Party Hates America. (laughs) You can underline that and put an exclamation point at the end. This is Mark Levin, last night. Cut three, please. I want to point out a couple of things to you. I said I'm going to get some things off my chest, and I am. Trump killed Soleimani, the head Nazi, really, of the Iranian military. Trump was destroying the Iranian economy with brutal sanctions. The Iranians were rising up. They don't like that government. They don't like the Nazi government in Tehran. And they're now being mowed down, slaughtered, raped, imprisoned, God knows what, because of our current policies. Trump was Israel's greatest friend in the Oval Office ever. Can that be said of Obama or Biden? No. Biden reversed everything. Biden rebuilt the Iranian war machine. I'll prove it in a minute. I'm sure the reporters and others getting information from the Biden Pentagon and White House won't tell you this. No, no, no. I'll tell you this. Biden rebuilt the Palestinian war machine. They were all on their heels. 
That's why there wasn't a war when Donald Trump was president between the Nazi terrorists and the Iranian Nazi regime and the Israelis. And the Israelis today are paying with their lives. I told you, I'm not candy coating a damn thing around here. And I'm not going to. Now, what do I mean that Biden rebuilt the Iranian war machine? Well, the $6 billion is in this account, and it'll be that account. And, okay, forget about the $6 billion. Although, the idea that a president of the United States would give $6 billion, or allowed to be given, to the Iranian regime that threatens the United States of America, that's unleashing holy Nazi-like hell on the Jewish people in Israel, and is threatening to get nukes? That's insane! In and of itself! Iran's illicit oil exports hit. He was good. Wait, are we out? We're out. Oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. Shoot, we're out of time. Good stuff. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So we heard from some heroes. Um, we've heard from some heroes. Now we'll hear from the other side, the jerks. Uh, including Chris Christie. Man, what is this guy thinking? Total egomaniac. Nobody, if anybody bothered to look, if the fake news bothered to look at the um, uh, horrific record he has in New Jersey, and yeah, right down to those traffic cones, and right down to putting his fat ass on that chair at the beach when it was closed to everybody else except him and, what was her name, Mary Pat, and the two of them. Well. The nerve that this guy thinks he can be president of the United States, a sloppy career politician, not even a career politician. He's actually not that good at the politics. He doesn't have all that much experience um, in anything. But let's see here. Uh, who's at fault here? Why did this happen? Why did this happen, this, this horrible thing to Israel? Cut eight, please. Cut eight. What I would be doing is making sure, one, that Israel has everything that it needs to be able to take whatever actions it needs to take. And this is the problem with not having a speaker right now, George, and, and the actions taken by some members of my party. We're wholly irresponsible without this going on. They're now even putting a brighter light on the irresponsibility of not having someone in place. But make sure first they have everything that they need. All right. Second, you know, it's three days. It's three days since we didn't have a speaker. Who the hell cares? This thing has been in the works for years. Biden, Obama, you're not talking about them? Ooh. <laughs> Wow. Isn't that something? I think that's pretty awful. Let's see here. Um, DeSantis, uh, again, he's saying the right, DeSantis says the right thing, but, you know, his record, mm, cut 13. I saw the president's comments with respect to the attacks on Israel. Uh, he said that he was up at like 7.30 in the morning, but, you know, this was happening late, late last night into the early morning. And, you know, president needs to be there answering the call when our top ally in the Middle East is under the gun. And you can't be sleeping on the job. you got to get there. you got to do it. Uh, and you got to engage. And I think that, um, that we need to see leadership here. We need a very clear voice. We need very strong support for the state of Israel. We also have a situation where their policy in the Biden administration has been uh, to play nice with Iran, whether that's going easy on the sanctions, with they've gotten more oil revenue, uh, the $6 billion. I'm hearing people say, well, that $6 billion wasn't you. Money's fungible. So, yes, I'm sure that those exact dollars weren't. They knew that was coming. 
right. frees up other money. Of course, they're funding. Come Where on. is he in a parking garage? It sounded like Penn Station. I mean, it's just like, I go, go somewhere. They're moving stuff behind them. Don't you want to stop and listen to, uh, the governor speak? Well, I've always had trouble with that word fungible. I know what it means, but let, it just, it's like you can, you know, the six billion dollars we're giving, we're, we're, we're unfreezing this six billion and you can only use it for, uh, peaceful humanitarian purposes. Well, actually, no, I can use it on this, that, and the other thing. I guess that's, uh, that's, that's, that's fungible, right? Fungible. F-U-N-G-I-B-L-E. Fungible. Am I the only one who has kind of, have you ever used it? And I mean, I know, I know, I know what it means, but it's just not a product or commodity replaceable by another identical item. Mutually interchangeable. It is by no means the world's only fungible Commodity. I like that. Mutually interchangeable. Oh, yeah, another identical. I still don't know what it means. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just have to chuck that. That's, uh, I have trouble with that word. I also have trouble with the word mercurial. Ever hear the word mercurial? M-E-R-C-U-R-I-A-L. Mercurial. Uh, to me, it sounds like it means somebody who's like, that, that guy is very mercurial. Well, to me, it sounds like that guy is secretive and doesn't share any information with anybody. Um, but it actually means he's, uh, capricious and will change his mind and is kind of a wild man and all over the place. That's more mercurial, mercurial and fungible. Um, two words that stump me and continue to stump me, uh, when it comes to, and you can learn this stuff and, you know, still have trouble with it, right? Am I the only one? All right. Oh, good, good, good. Hey, uh, John McLaughlin, the pollster joins us. And as he, as we settle him and uh, get him on the line here, Let's just play the big news. Nah, it's kind of big news, not related to Israel, not related to what's happening, but uh, Robert F. Kennedy making the big announcement. Uh, go ahead and play that, please. They are ready to reclaim their freedom at hotels and malls on the street. And they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They are ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And, and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. All right, all right, all right. I, we take it that's for president. <laughs> they never let him do it. He's running as an independent for president. John McLaughlin, the great pollster, helped get Trump elected big time in 2016. Nobody knows the political scene like John McLaughlin. Welcome back, John. How are you? It's great to be back, and uh, I thought some prayers go to our friends in Israel because uh, besides working for Trump, I also worked for BB. In fact, that was over there October, just before he got elected again. So, uh, so any, anyway, we, we we hope uh, the world uh, we, we hope that they get these terrorists and they secure Israel again. But uh, it's a tough place without President Trump in charge because this wouldn't have happened if he was there. Everybody knows that. Everybody on a gut level, they know. Even the Democrats know it. Hey, uh, John, this, uh, RFK Jr., uh, you know, I liked a lot of what he was saying about the, the, the vaccine and stuff like that. Just what do you guys think? The experts, does he pose a threat to, uh, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? More and more, I'm hearing that he may pose a threat to Donald Trump. What's the deal? Yeah. Uh, well, we put up a poll at the end of, uh, September, just over a week ago where uh, Kennedy was taking 15% of the Democrat primary voter from Biden's 56. But two-thirds of those primary voters said they were going to vote for Biden in the general election. 
And as as uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, announced today, he was attacked by his siblings, Rory, Joe, Kathleen, Carrie, saying it was perilous that he's running. They are petrified he's going to take votes from uh, Joe Biden and not from uh, not from uh, uh, Donald Trump because Trump's. By the way, in the poll that we had out, Trump was beating Biden one on one, forty seven, forty three. And in the real clear politics of uh, real clear politics average of media polls. Trump's ahead of Biden, and Trump would win in a landslide today. It would be an electoral landslide. He'd win the national popular vote. We never saw that in 2016. It was always a battleground election state play. Same thing in 2020. We were never behind. And these results are on our website on McLaughlinOnline.com. But in a with independents running, Kennedy and said he was switching parties because Biden's been shutting him out. He, you know, by the way. The, the liberal media that likes Joe Biden has been shutting him out. CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS. All right. They wouldn't give Kennedy the, the time of day so he couldn't take more votes from Biden. And that's what he's going to do. So, all right. I bet we're, we're sure of that. Now, you maybe you've heard of some of this buzz out there that, you know, with his stance on the uh, vaccine and uh, he's very good when it comes to the deep state and dismantling the deep state, that he won't siphon off some support from Donald Trump. No, because you got to look at the reality. By the way, on on we had on our besides Trump beating Biden, we had on our website Trump, Biden, and Cornell West on the Green Party, and Trump was still beating Biden forty three thirty eight. Cornell West got six, came five to two out of Biden. We had Trump uh, in a four way race where Trump was getting forty percent, Biden thirty six, Joe Manchin. 6% and West at 4%, where both Manchin and West were taking votes from Joe Biden. Trump's base is the most intense. Now, look at Kennedy where he stands. He supported Joe Biden. He voted for him. He supported Barack Obama. He supported Hillary Clinton. He's a huge admirer of Bernie Sanders. Now, he's a liberal he, Democrat. He, he's a liberal he, Democrat, to be sure. He's a yep. liberal Democrat. I get it. I get it. But you know what? He's also pretty, you know, hip with uh, the Joe Rogan crowd and that kind of thing. Look, I don't want him to do well. I mean, I want him to screw up Joe Biden's life. I don't want him to mess with MAGA. And uh, based on the data, I've got nothing to worry about. Right. Right. And he won't because the other part is this guy opposes Keystone. He opposes fracking. He opposes he, he opposes the, the you know uh, this cap and he's in favor of cap and trade. He's in favor of AOC's tax hikes and her Green New Deal. I mean, this Joe, Robert F. Kennedy is a liberal Democrat, and he's now running as an independent. And his own siblings are afraid of that because they know he's going to take votes from from Joe Biden. And he may be anti-vax. He may have some other positions that appeal to libertarian types. But he's not one of us. I mean, he really doesn't believe in what we believe in. So, uh, you know, they forced him out of the Democrat Party because Joe Biden's petrified of losing New Hampshire because if he had a real primary opponent, he would. And he won't allow anybody to get delegates until uh, till after, till South Carolina. So, hey, something uh, else here. Joe Biden was asleep. They didn't wake him up when this barrage starts in, uh, in is on Israel from Gaza. Uh, it started like, I don't think five in the morning or so. He's, uh, they don't wake him up. He wakes up the way he normally does, gets up at about 7.30. Then they tell him. Then he has a barbecue at the White House last night for a bunch of people. Just a terror. Hey, do me a favor. The guy you, you, uh, you like, Bibi Netanyahu, is speaking live right now from Israel. Let's listen right. to this for a moment. The top priority is to solidify 
the unity in the country. A translator. We are now all united. And when we are united, we will win. The country is united. And now the management needs to unite. I'm calling the opposition leaders to immediately form a national unity government without any, just like happened with Menachem Begin at the start of the six-day war. All right, that sounds good to me. I can't stand the, uh, you know, the translator that takes something out of it. Hey, uh, Bibi, you said you, uh, you worked with him, you know him. You know, didn't he run a furniture store in New Jersey for a while as, as a young man? I believe that's true. You know anything about that? Uh, he worked for Bain Capital. He was educated in the United States. Yeah. His father was a professor. He went to high school here. He speaks English perfectly, but it, he's speaking to the Israeli public tonight, so he speaks Hebrew. But uh, I've worked for him since 2003, known him since the 90s. And, uh, you know, Israel's fortunate to have him. Uh, but I, I, I tell you, his, you know, the stories about Iran being involved in this. I mean, for years, Bibi was trying to you know, neutralize Iran and take away their ability to have nuclear weapons. And now, you know, and Barack Obama and the Biden administration were probably always trying to get him to stop. And in Bibi's own autobiography, he mentions that how uh, they, they've, they've, you know, Obama was seriously, you know, keeping him from military action against Iran. So, uh, you know, these, these things are, you know, it's really dangerous when you think of where the world is and, President Biden just gave Iran six billion dollars, and all of a sudden, it, you know, it comes out the Wall Street Journal reports they were planning an operation to, you know, have this huge terrorist attack yeah. against Israel. It's wild. You know, it's funny to me that you're a pollster. You're obviously you're thoroughly American. You're a New Yorker. You went to college here. You're a born and bred American. But these techniques, these uh, data, and tracking the way people think. You can basically apply this in, in almost any country in the world. You can do a poll. You don't really, do you have to soak it? Well, you know the culture over there, but do you, ha- is it necessary to soak in the culture? It's surprising to me in a way. I mean, I get it, but it's kind of, it's kind of cool and a little bit uh, surprising. Well, actually, uh, you know, it's a free and democratic country. Places where I can't poll are like Russia and China, where the, China they don't allow it. Russia, they probably shoot their bolsters. But, um, but in Israel, it's a free and democratic country. Uh, almost all Israelis speak English, but uh, they're like most people, where they want to live in peace, they want to prosper, um, you know, and they, they're, they're very strong allies of America. So it's it's very easy to poll there. And and if you poll in New York, like for years, I used to work for Ben Gilman, State Senator Gene Levy, and and you know, I poll in, in other in parts of New York where there's heavily Orthodox as well as uh, um, you know. Other Jewish voters, I mean, you, you just learn, you just know what people want. And in Israel, it's more complex because they've got these multi, uh, uh, they've yeah. got a multi-party system. But, uh, but you know, when you look at their coalitions, it's based on security and defense. I love and it. Everybody, everybody around them is a danger to them, and they just want to live in peace and security. And, and we got out on the United States. And we got to help them. Hey, I was right though. Listen to this. When I was a student in the late 1970s, I had an odd job. This is a guy writing, assembling wardrobes and kitchen cabinets. The cabinets came from different producers, and I don't remember any of their names except for one. It was one of the largest furniture manufacturing companies at the time. It was called RIM, R-I-M. And at about the same time, the sales manager for this RIM was a guy named Benjamin Netanyahu. Look, <laughs> he was, uh, yep, it's the same guy. And uh, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, uh, a global company 
And uh, I find that interesting. And you're right. I didn't know he went to high school here. He went to high school in New Jersey? High school, and he went to MIT. He went to, uh, uh, his father was a professor here. And, and uh, so he studied in the United States, and, and he, uh, and he, and, he he really understands Americans and loves Americans and uh but he loves Israel and he's always been a Zionist and he's you know an extremely strong prime minister and I think we're fortunate that he's there at this time when uh you've got you know these enemies of the United States whether it's Iran whether it's Hezbollah or Hamas yeah uh, these are the same people that took down you know the World Trade Towers and you know it's it's a it's a very very bad reminder that they they hate America and they hate uh, hate Israel and they they hate the United States. you know they they just hate people that live in freedom bad so, uh, people and we got to stop them John McLaughlin uh, McLaughlinOnline dot com yes sir and by the way Greg thank you I know you went to Fordham too but after me but thank you for your service to the country because you know these are the same kind of people you were fighting against so uh, we just got to make sure the free people stay safe. Well, you know, I uh, I flew over Iraq a couple of times. It wasn't uh it was uh you know, I didn't have to drop any bombs. You know, some of the w- most intense stuff I saw was in peacetime. Was in peacetime. You they, they, people forget in peace. Uh it's 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 in some parts of the military it's just as risky as war. Sometimes riskier, believe it or not. But uh, no, John, thank you. It was my pleasure and my pleasure to talk to you right now. John McLaughlin, everybody, President Trump's great pollster. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, some calls real quick. Jeff in Forest Hills. Hi, Jeff. Greg, good afternoon. Uh, curious. Uh, would we, by any chance, be able to track these missiles, like the scraps, after and find out where they came from? Were they from Afghanistan? You know, because we have inventory sheets on this stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. They got all kinds of markings on them, and we can find uh, we can find out where they came from. You know, there is a black market for weapons as well. But uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's something that we should probably have any minute now. Uh, Jeff, thank you very much. Definitely, we can find out. Joseph up in Fairfield, yes, Mister Kelly, yes. I wanted to say the same thing because when they uh, left Afghanistan with eighty-five billion dollars worth of weapons. The Chinese did not leave Afghanistan. They kept their embassy. Could have gone through them uh, to the Iran uh, to, to Iran because they're they're working together. That was the same question. So those weapons, uh, they'll they they should be traced back to them. Absolutely. Yep. Indeed. Uh, George. George. Hello. Yeah. Hi, Greg. Um, I wanted to say that I'm glad that uh, Mr. Kennedy is running because he's going to take votes away from Biden. But when I think about it more. He's going to take some votes away from Mr. Trump. Yeah, I know, but we heard we heard uh, McLaughlin kind of talk us through that, and the data suggests otherwise. I, w- I had the same concerns, George. I don't really have them anymore. Oh, I almost forgot. It's uh, it's Columbus Day, Andrew. Columbus Day. We still support uh, George- Columbus, at least around here. Columbus got a great big parade. Uh, hi, what's up? The name indigenous people is inaccurate. It should be First Nations because... The uh, Native Americans. I didn't say indigenous nations. No, I mean, people say, use that term now, indigenous people. Nah, that's their problem. We don't want them to say that. It's happy Columbus Day, everybody. Andrew, i got to get to Barbara before we go. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Seeing what's happening in Israel, 
and, and knowing what's going on in Ukraine and seeing the things around the world and in the United States with no borders, with people being deprived of basic freedoms, just asserts and verifies what Daniel Webster warned us when he said, hold on to the Constitution and the republic for which it stands. If the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. Our Constitution has been failing. It has been uh, uh, attacked and, and is disintegrating before our eyes. And we see the anarchy around the world as a result. We sure do. Wow, oh, Barbara. Well, we're so happy that you're on the scene and you are calling in and keeping us wise and informed and giving us such great perspective. Thank you, Barbara, very, very much. And uh, i got to kind of wrap things up. Ah, let's go to Gail real quick. Hi, Gail. Afternoon, Greg. How do we deal with cowards who shield themselves with women and children and who lived in the desert and then when Israel went back to where they were from, grew tomatoes in the desert, put in plumbing, built hospitals, procreated, and even helped and had children come to their hospitals and they worked together. I know the human shield thing, it is so barbaric. You know, I remember Saddam Hussein pulling that stuff. It makes it tricky, but uh, very tricky, but they're not going to win. And, uh, I do feel confident saying God is on Israel's side and Israel's on God's side. All right. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon.